Welcome to the Geek Sweat Podcast. We, we watch, watch films to save you hassle. It's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am TJ and we will be bringing you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as a stream, trailer talk on upcoming feature films and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Between your ears and our voices, we take this opportunity to make the most of our podcast technology from CastBox, a new app that's available via Android for your podcast and entertainment needs. It's the one-stop shop for taking your podcast on the go. Good day, good evening and good night. Welcome to Geek Sweat. This is now season five of this award-winning, hope to be, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Season five? Yeah, season five. You are now tuned in to episode 101 and at the helm is myself mkh and i'm ready for an upbeat fantastic start to the new season and an episode we are going to blow your minds people trust me right off the back of two amazing award ceremonies namely the baftas and oscars but before we dive in with both feet uh Let's start introducing some people here with me in the room. Uh, we'll start off with Joe on the ones and twos. And we, to my right, and you, you, you'll be able to see this once the footage gets released. To my right <laughs> is TJ. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me back and uh, looking forward to the episode. Fantastic. And right in front of TJ, we have Jamie. Hello. Hello. Good to be back. Thank you. And to Jamie's right, we have the one and only Kingdom. Hello, nice to be here again. Fantastic. So we've got a full table and we are going to delve into something which is very close to my heart because I am on some woke pills at the moment. So um, we are about to talk about... I can see you've got your woke shoes on as well. My woke shoes, my woke costume. And, and for people who don't understand what woke is, what is it? It means that you are trying to make the world a better place, actually. And you're not trying to offend anyone. And we're trying to take into consideration the needs and wants of others, not just the white straight male. And you're aware of other people's self-awareness that they should have for themselves. Self-determination also. So, you know, just generally being a better person. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Not looking at anyone the table um I was gonna say, gonna say, for people who complain that the term woke is not grammatical they've never been broke yeah exactly <laughs> yeah or drunk yes yeah. um so we're going to talk about whacking phoenix and this episode is in parentheses is that is that in brackets Am speak I? to the english teacher parentheses parentheses in um British English, we would say brackets, but in American English, they say parentheses and square brackets. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so in brackets, square um, brackets. Do, do we stand by Joaquin Felix? Fe- Felix. Fe- Felix. Phoenix. Fe- Phoenix. Phoenix. Actually, uh, interesting fact, his real name is Bottom. Did you know that? Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so they, they were part of a really it. weird religious cult when he was a kid and they actually moved to another country. I can't remember what country it was, but they moved to another country for a period of time. And then they came back when they realized that cult was fucking wacky. But um, yeah, that was just a nice tidbit. And for... his literal real name is bottom. 
Yeah, Joaquin Bottom. Um, I think it's the Children no. of God was the cult mm. that he joined. But I don't think his first name was originally Joaquin either, was it? Wasn't it Leaf? Or uh, maybe I he changed it, was Leaf. it from Joaquin. And South Africa as well. Oh yeah, Joaquin. His real name is Joaquin Raphael yeah, Bottom. Bottom. Yeah, so it's, oh. yeah. So, right. so yeah. Leaf came after that then and then he changed it back to Joaquin. Yeah, well, I can say the names of his other relatives. There's a river... Well, there was a river, rain, liberty, and summer. Yeah, because I think yeah. he changed it to Leaf to fit in with his siblings, but yeah. then he changed it back. He went yeah. by Leaf. He was going by Leaf at the time his brother died. Yeah. Mm. So I can imagine he might have wanted to have a clean break from that. Not, yeah, yeah. not a clean break, but to yeah. somehow put that behind yeah. him. But what was his parents thinking going by the names of all the other children? Why just pick a random children Spanish name? Yeah, yeah, he was is... born in uh, Puerto Rico. That would be why. Yeah. Oh, Fitting okay. In. Yeah, no, absolutely. But then you got a brother named River and another one called... Liberty. Yeah. Sister called Liberty, I think it was. And... Yeah. Liberty, Summer and Rain. Okay, so the reason we're talking about Joaquim today is because not only uh, to, to celebrate his fantastic uh, acting achievements, because he, he just won the um, Oscar for... Uh, best male actor wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah at the academy awards Just best actor but you know continuing with the woke by all means best male actor yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely and or identifying as a male actor possibly yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and that was that followed him picking up best male actor at the baftas for joker as well but that's not why i wanted to bring it up is because of the speeches he gave after winning said awards. Namely, at the BAFTAs, he decided to leave the award on the stage because there wasn't enough diversity in the nominations at the BAFTAs. And to be fair, the BAFTAs has formed for not having much diversity. But I am, one, quite happy, well, extremely happy that Joaquin Phoenix actually highlighted that because he didn't need to because... Let's face it, he's one of the the privileged uh, few. Um, But my question to you guys is, is Joaquin Phoenix really being woke? Does the movement of diversity need someone of Joaquin Phoenix's stature to speak out on their behalf? Yeah, those are two questions first. Well, I think he's one of the best actors of his generation to walk the line of wokeness right now. Jamie? Oh, I think, you know, not to be cliche, but with great power comes great responsibility. And he's using it as a good platform for, you know, for voicing his opinion. And if that's his opinion, that there needs to be more diversity, good on him. Do you think he's method acting? Do you think he he truly believes what he's saying, like when he became a rapper for a little while or is this something he's just jumping on the bandwagon of? Hard to say. Hard to say. I I don't know. But it would. I I think I would prefer to think better of him and to think that actually he is not just on the bandwagon, but he actually believes what he preaches. I think he's got a long record of like supporting animal rights charities. Yeah, he does, yeah. 
And he's been a vegan for a long time. Very not long worn, time. Not worn leather he, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and he's been a vegan since before it was a thing, wasn't it? Or so at that, least not a trendy thing. Yeah. yeah. So that means the science were there already. So it's a nice, like, it, it was a logical step from animals to human beings. <laughs> is, <laughs> that what we're like that. We say, is that what we're saying? Yeah, something like that. First, I'll save the cows, then I'll save the blacks. Is that is that wacky? He's got his priorities right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's like he's a gladiator for the good fight. Um, so did did anyone actually uh, see his speeches? I saw it like most people on YouTube. And what did you think of the content of the speech? I so. I applauded that. Um, you know, I'm always wary of either getting offended or applauding on other people's behalves, but I think it needed to be said. Um, the BAFTAs is in trouble at mm. the moment. They're looking very, very out of touch. I mean, they were even criticised by Prince William. Jesus so you know Christ, that something's yeah. gone a bit wrong. Mm. Yeah. He's got some very strong messages as well, you know. So it's not just about diversity. It's also about, you know, the human race and humanity as a whole. And now that he's got two Best Actor Awards, he's like the master of his own destiny. So he can say what he wants. But, okay, but... He didn't really need those awards to say that, did he? I think when you're on a pedestal and you've got that opportunity and you've got the audience, why not take the opportunity? Yeah. I I mean... Yeah. I think the thing about the BAFTAs acceptance speech was it was literally about the BAFTAs. Mm. Mm. He used his BAFTAs acceptance speech to highlight the BAFTAs lack of diversity, mm. which to be fair is something that other people also took note of, like Cynthia Erivo, who was nominated for Best Actress, refused to attend because of the lack of diversity. That's amazing. I love that. That is a great gesture. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no right or wrong way, I guess, to raise it. I mean, they both did it in their own ways. And it was the- coming from an honest place as well. So it's all about love. Are you just doing like sneaky snow- sound bites each time? <laughs> is there meaning behind what you're saying? <laughs> this is the new succinct Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One sentence He's each. He's in touch. <laughs> um, so, which we- <laughs> <One> sentence, Trevor? <laughs> Let's see how long it lasts. Um, so which 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 statement was more powerful for you? Not attending because uh, of the lack of diversity or going up there, attending and like really kicking them in the nuts while you're there? I think the two approaches were appropriate um, for different reasons. I think the Joaquin one was effective because it was not what people were expecting. I think it's more in your face than, you know, s- sitting back and being silent. I mean, like, you can say actions speak louder than words, but... No pro- one saw that inverted commas except for me, but I like it. Go for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's for myself, yeah. my train of thought, but thank you for ruining my train of thought. Um, I think when you're, you're silent... <laughs> I, I think when you're silent and you just walk away and kind of, you know kind of just step away from it not everyone sees it Mm. whereas when you're on the stage and you're and everyone's listening that's a good time to actually speak out if you know what I mean I think that's more effective because you're throwing it in their face but rather than just snub okay what what I'm trying to say then is what if Joaquin Phoenix decided to not turn up 
and say it was because of their lack of diversity. And Cynthia actually won her award and went up and did that speech instead. So they they basically swapped their so, uh, yeah their oh, activity. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I think people were more shocked that. Um, a white actor who's like a member of the establishment, if you mm. like, Hollywood A-list, mm. would be mm. bold enough to criticise mm. the BAFTAs. Mm. Yeah. The the other thing is as well is like, in terms of the Cynthia Erivo, she's like the immigrant, as it were, coming from the outside, being a part of the circle. Whereas I would say that you've got Joaquin Phoenix, like I said, he's just grown up inside the Hollywood system. So... He's uh, there's a certain unity about what he's doing, and he's obviously somebody saying I'm still here. But at the same time, his voice carries a lot of weight because of the years he's been in the industry. Absolutely, and I just wanted to highlight that uh, Wacky Phoenix wasn't the first straight white male to like really uh, bring attention to the lack of diversity. For all his faults, Christian Bell also said about white straight males. Mm-hmm just overrunning Hollywood and always getting the chances. So, But he didn't do that at an award show. He did it in the capacity of an interview or whether it was for TV or a magazine. Um, but I, I, I take your point, Trevor, definitely. Um, and it, at first I was a bit confused when you said she was outside looking in. Uh, but no, once I heard everything you said, it, it definitely made sense because I thought she's not outside, she, she's English. But yeah, I know what you meant in terms of the, the acting populace. Um, what do you think about the, the white saviour element? Because um, it's becoming more of a common phrase now and it's been in films such as, um, I don't know, Dances with Wolves and I think that other film with um, The Last Samurai, I think it is, with uh, Tom Cruise. So like the white saviour idea is this issue that a white person who acts to help non-white people and with the help of some context that it still seems as self-serving or self-aggrandising. Yeah, because I think with the white, my biggest problem with the white saviour, like whole aspect is that, especially in films, um, the white saviors are the ones that change for the better, whereas the people they're helping remain static. And you don't know how difficult this is to like say all this stuff when you make these these faces, guys. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think as long as things get better and um, the people he's trying to help, so whether it's black people, Asian people, women, people with disabilities, transgender people, as long as they're given more opportunities to better themselves, I don't see any harm in it. And I don't think um, Joaquin Phoenix is trying to like get a pat on the back for it. I, I, I do think he believes the stuff he's saying. Yeah, I think he's genuine. And... Um, I would prefer more people in his position. I, actually, I would like to see more people in his position do use their platforms to really call it out, especially if they are in great, great privilege. Yeah, and I think that's important that, you know, because I think a lot of the time it's like the more you hear it, the mm. more it can resonate. Whereas if you just hear it now and then, it's not really a problem, mm. yeah. right? 
But if the problem keeps on coming up and keeps on presenting itself, then you're more likely to stand up and listen. Yeah, and I think, yeah, you need to keep saying it until it becomes the norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was one thing that was telling for me, though, because the kids don't tell. The situation is when the, I think it was the BAFTA speech was happening, Taron Egerton was sitting down and he was like paying attention. Obviously, this could have been a nice editing cutaway that they could have used. But I would feel as much as experience Taron Egerton has, I don't think he would be hitting it out of the park if he had come out with a speech, even mm. though he's been a lead and he's entitled to say it. Um, maybe if he ch- chimes in and talks about it more, that's cool. But I, I think Taron Egerton would probably feel that he's got a lot to lose if he had tried or attempted that speech. I don't know if he'd necessarily feel he'd got a lot to lose. I don't think it would have the same impact okay. for the reason that you said. He's because, not a big star. Um, He's not a big star. Joaquin Phoenix is like Hollywood royalty mm. at the absolute peak of his career. Yeah. So for him to use that moment in the way he has, mm. it's kind of awesome. Yeah. And if we talk about the BAFTAs for a minute, the BAFTAs is in trouble. They're looking yeah. really out of touch. Yeah. Um, they awarded um, their best film prize yeah. to a British film. Mm. So the BAFTAs have set themselves up as a bellwether of the Oscars. They almost don't have any point apart from that. Yeah. So if they can't predict the Oscars, what is their point? And yep. they seem to have a problem with nominating people from different backgrounds. Actually, I think they, they try to fix that problem, and I'll put that in quotation marks, with, um, I think, the Best Newcomer Award. But that's voted for by the public. So, yeah. like, um, I think three, three, of the four, yeah. like yeah. three of the four Best Newcomer Awards have been from diverse backgrounds, and yeah. that's been voted for by the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if the British public, with all the shit recent decisions they've made, are voting <laughs> in a more... <laughs> woke way yeah. than the BAFTAs the BAFTAs are in trouble yeah. if the BAFTAs get criticised by Prince William in his closing statement they're in trouble mm. I really mm. think they need to sort themselves out or they will become an irrelevance wow. well it, to be fair also like the, the the section of the British public that tends to vote on films are always going to be uh, London liberal Ramona's anyway so <laughs> I don't think we can give the British public too much credit yeah. with, like you said with the recent decisions they've made especially politically um, actually can I just say one thing about that I think it was Londoners mm. and the Scousers that kind of voted Remain and um, it was Londoners and Scousers that voted Remain and the actual uh, everyone else around the country uh, went in a different direction well no Scotland as well and, oh, yeah. Northern, and Ireland. Northern Ireland yeah it was like the big, the big, uh, the big metropolis, the big cities. Um, oh my god! Uh, really um, <laughs> voted Remain and heavily um, uh, for Labour as well. Uh, but we're not here to talk politics. We're here to talk films and nice people like Joaquin Phoenix. Um, is there anything else anyone wanted to say? I think. Um... Todd Phillips has got a situation on his hands. I don't think he, I mean, from what I've seen, I'm not sure if Todd Phillips came out and directly supported everything that he said, but Todd Phillips is entitled to have his own difference of opinion. And the Joker as a film probably isn't a direct reflection of diversity and inclusion, but as a film set in New York, which was like a cosmopolitan area, era and area, 
Um, he probably had an opportunity to kind of stick the stick a flag in the ground with diversity. So can, we, can we ask about that? What was your specific problem with Joker regards to diversity? I think I've said this before a couple of times, but um, I'll say it again in the public arena. Um, I don't think the characters came across, the ethnic characters in the Joker came across as competent. I know they had very small parts, but the things they did in those small parts, it just smacked of uh, a lack of character. In co- so we're talking about, soto. for example, the receptionist at the asylum. Yeah, so the receptionist at the asylum who loses the medical records, the uh, counsellor stroke social worker who announces at the very last minute, by the way, this is the last um, uh, counselling session we're going to have together. I'm trying to remember who the third character was. The, well, the mother on the bus. bus. Yeah, yeah, the, bus. the mother yeah. on the bus, yeah. um, who is probably slightly overreactive. Although to... she was shown as being a loving parent. Yeah. Who is the, probably the only, no, there's the Zazie Beats character. Yeah, the Zazie Beats, who's like just an imaginary character, yeah. Well, we don't know. Well, yeah. He, he seemed like he, was, he potentially could have been more in his head, though, yeah. Um... Okay, no, that's that's a fair point. I thought you were gonna. Okay, but with with black characters, they they always tend to be social workers and working in mental asylums and mm-hmm. being sassy on buses. I, I expect that from black characters. But you you're trying to say there should have been more, just a little bit of more competent cohesion. I, I just think, I I, th- I just think there's a history in film where, um. Uh, that's how maybe I told Philip sees yeah, black people. Yeah, I just think there's a history in film where black and ethnic minority characters are never really seen in a position of authority. And when it's they are, they're, they're proved to be incompetent. That's but it, didn't he do the hangover, this Todd Phillips? I think it's the same hangover, Todd Phillips. Yeah, so naked Chinese guy. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's, like, that's yeah. how he sees people that are not white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's got full. Yeah, so, so, so oh. there's consistency, yeah. There. Caricatures, isn't it? Yeah. So... I mean, even though he gave a great exceptional role to um, his lead actor, Wacken Phoenix, there's an example there that he doesn't spread it across the board when the ethnic characters come to the table. Um, I yeah, I didn't want to make this too much about Todd Phillips because, like I said, like in previous episodes, like his his. His comments about oh this where this culture's too woke and I you know I I I really believe that not only was Wacking Phoenix like slapping the face of the Baftas and the Oscars but I I think he was also slapping the face of his own director like in terms of him trying to be as woke as possible mm. when his own director said oh you can't make these films in this woke like mm. environment and shit like that like shut the fuck up for a second Todd yeah. Phillips like you didn't really do much in that film all yeah. you did was like take the blueprint from Taxi Driver and you let um, Joaquin Phoenix do the rest so um, yeah know your role um, yeah that was a bit of a a rant. I like it when you rant. You should do that more often. <laughs> I just want to mention one more film because it came out in uh, 2014. Um, Exodus, Gods and Kings, which is a biblical film which is set in... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's supposed mm. to be set in Egypt. But, um, They're all it's white. A pre- yeah, it's a predominantly white cast. So 
Okay, it's, you can now say it's like six years ago. Okay, but I'm going to do like a really uh, no, roundabout defence of that. But let, let, let me just say one thing. Um, the issue here is um, that film probably doesn't get made if Ridley Scott isn't directing it and it hasn't got Christian Bale, Joel Egerton, uh, John Turturro, Aaron Paul, because he's off the back of Breaking Bad, and Sigourney Weaver and Ben Kingsley, which is the predominantly white cast that was in that film. Well, Ben but, Kingsley was born in India. I yeah, think. but I'm talking about a predominantly yeah. white cast and I'm comparing this now to Black Panther. And um, so the excuse for a Gods and Kings, Exodus of Gods and Kings, doesn't have to happen now because a film like Black Panther mm. and years and years before that coming to America proved that you can uh, locate more ethnic characters in the bigger budget feature films. Well, it's it's it, it's all a, it's also a case of whether they're going to make back their money. That's why they don't cast. Like, who even knows yeah. what Egyptian people look like? I don't. Mm. No, I'm not saying they have to be Egyptian, <laughs> but a, a more diverse. That was that was a project that was screaming for a more diverse cast, and it didn't have it. Yeah, I think mm. um, if I was going to defend that film, I would say it was Ridley Scott's film about his brother's suicide. So mm. there was something personal for him about mm. his relationship with his brother. Mm. And maybe he cast actors that reflected that mm. that was his take on the story. But is that yeah. an excuse, though? No, I'm, I'm mm. saying how he saw it. I'm not saying that's right. Yeah. I mean, the only impression... I can understand why Sigourney Weaver's the shoe-in because of Alien, but I just got the impression that there was a lot of new people Ridley Scott was working with on that project. I don't think that was Ridley Scott's best moment, although mm. he did redeem himself when he um, he fired Kevin Spacey from All the Money in the World, mm. and he was very prompt with that. He took really decisive action when the revelations about him came out, mm. which he didn't have to do, but yeah. he took it upon himself to do that. Actually, maybe if I put this in a different direction, are, you, are we seeing starting to see projects that have successfully flourished as a result of diversity inclusion lately? Um, I think there's definitely a lot more they can do in terms of diversity, but I think we're seeing films now where a, a black actor or Asian actor or anyone that's not white is included and they really do shine in those roles. Mm. So you got Dev Patel being, he was in that period piece and people were David trying to, Copperfield. Yeah, Copperfield. Exactly. Yeah. and yeah. like they were trying to like piss on that, but like he did a really good thing. Um, you also got the guy who was in from Atlanta. I can't remember Atlanta, the TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in knives out. Yeah. And people, really, oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like, and they really, liked him in Knives Out. Actually, they also did a racial changeover for his character in um, Death Note, the series as well, because he plays the Japanese detective L. Yes, I think we're seeing more and more that um, these actors are as good as anyone else. Mm. But I think we're still a long way away from like multiple Black Panther casting type yeah. things because I still don't think they're seen as being that bankable. Yeah. But I yeah. think they are getting more and more roles. Am I right in saying Black Panther was the biggest film of that year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I think is up until Avengers Endgame, I yeah, think it, it was the most list, yeah. Yeah. profitable yeah. film yeah. from the Marvel franchise. And that's a good point as well because a lot of the time people have not cast mm. diversely simply because they thought 
financial you know, repercussions. Yeah. yeah, you know, it wasn't bankable. Or yeah. you, you can't cast an Asian, you can't cast a black person for this role because they won't be able to sell it. But mm. I think having the diverse films that we're getting now, it's actually proving that actually you can make a lot of money. Mm. Um, especially like with Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like that metal. So I'm about to land this plane, but I see Trevor gearing do one up for something. I just want to do one more example because yeah. I saw a film earlier this year called Queen and Slim, which was uh, directed by Lena White. So directed by Melina Matsukas uh, with uh, Lena White, who was also in um, Master of None. Master of None. Yeah. But. Um, they that's like a predominantly black cast, but there was a character who was a, supposed to be a Texan sheriff, and I felt it was supposed to be a white character, but it ended up being played by Benito Martinez, who's from a Latino descent. Mm. So that film took the risk of playing somebody who wasn't from the ethnic origin of the character, but now playing a white character, whereas like there's been complaints before about like um so-called white actors taking traditionally or originally ethnic roles uh definitely and since you're on the subject matter of that um al pacino is in a new amazon uh uh streaming series called hunters where he plays a jewish person and people were complaining about italian man well italian american italian american man playing a jewish guy Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I thought that was quite funny, yeah. actually. Okay. Um, I mean, if it's possible for him to go both ways, it's good. But I think yeah, for years and years, yeah. we've only seen it be going in yeah. one direction. Yeah. I think the key point is not excluding someone because of their ethnic background. If you're, mm. if you're casting colorblindly and you're casting according to true talent, then mm. you shouldn't have those issues. Mm. But I think we're still a little bit away from fully... Color blind casting. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's the main issue is just going for the talent rather than are you black, are you Asian, or are you white, or are you in a role that is supposedly to be one ethnic group, but I'm going to go against that and cast you according to your, you know, what you can sell. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No more box ticking exercise, guys. Let's really do it on who's best for the role. Yeah. yeah absolutely and um, so that comfortably brings us to the end of the, this episode as you could clearly hear we tackled almost all the subjects in the known universe and I'm quite proud <laughs> of that um, I would like to thank you and your ears for listening to this this has been Geek Sweat uh, episode 101 I just like saying 101 and this is now series 5 or season 5 if you're in America I would like to thank everyone around the table with me starting with TJ ciao thank you uh, Jamie thanks for listening uh, King Dog bye for now and obviously Joe on the ones and twos and it is a goodbye for me we shall be uh, giving you our sultry voices very very soon <laughs> <laughs>